Grapple fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something. As we keep on down the final stretch of this epic journey, we're in the Battle of the Five Armies era period now. As myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, uh, work our way through every match today. Meltzer's rated five stars or higher. As we can, as we've been saying, he got a bit loosey goosey in the last few years, and now we're in 2019. And whilst he had been giving some recent Best of the Super Junior Finals. Five stars. This is the first time that a mere uh, block match was given the perfect score. We're at the Krakowin Hall, but Simon, who are we watching? Uh, well, we are watching on my birthday, actually, taking oh, place yes. on the 23rd of May. Well, amazing. <laughs> Why do I bother? <laughs> bit, I'm wondering now if there's been a one that's on my birthday. So you keep introducing whilst I find out if any of my... Whilst, whilst you make it about yourself. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it's a Block B match uh, between the Pride of Essex, or one of the Swords of Essex, if you know your British tag teams, Will Ospreay, taking on a newcomer to the list. He's dressed a little bit like Princess Jasmine. Um, not quite as sexy as Princess Jasmine. I don't know. Um, his I, name... think, I think there's a handsome <laughs> dude under that mask. I think they I mean, say some commentary. Any... <laughs> I mean... I mean, who knows what um, they're all into over there. It could be that uh, masked men do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this masked man might do it for us. We'll find out in due course. And his name is Bandido. Mm. So, yeah, it turns out that only three matches in every November has been given five stars for me. Which Any is my close birth ones? month. Uh, there's one that was two days off, which was... Uh, actually, there was two in a week. Uh, Aja Kong against Manami Toyota on the 2nd of November 94. Is that their second one? uh, I don't know. And then El Hijo del Santo and Octagon against Los Gringos Locos. That was two days before my birthday. Before my 11th birthday. Because these are now uh, wrestling our two people that weren't even were barely alive. They weren't alive for one of those five star matches. Uh, and they say in the commentary, this is a rare instance where Will Ospreay is actually the grizzled older veteran at this in this match. He's like two years older, isn't he? Their He's combined 20. age is 50, because uh, Ospreay's 26, Bandido's 24. Yeah, Bandido wasn't born when those November matches happened. He was born on the 17th of April, 1995. That's two days before my sister. That's ridiculous. Mm. Learning a lot about my life here, but this was, like Will, like he did seem to come out of nowhere, Bandido, and and gain a really big following very quickly. Like, I'll be brutally honest, and I, I know obviously with Japanese wrestling, as listeners will know throughout the series, well, my... this guy's Mexican for a start. But continue. <laughs> it's a New Japan match, you right. pedant. Right. <sighs> this is the first time I've ever even heard of him, like him being on this list. Well, I was aware of him. I, I like he started doing PWG shows, and he was in the main event of All In. I remember he was part of the six man team with Rey Mysterio and uh, Kota Ibushi and um, 
who was the uh, was it Phoenix against hey, Kota Ibushi yeah. and the the Young Bucks. The main event that unfortunately had to be finished in about twelve minutes because Marty Skrull and Kazuchika Okada decided to go long. <laughs> Well, you're not going to tell Okada what to do, are <laughs> And even if you do, he's probably not going to listen to you. Mm. But yeah, it's it's weird, like just a, a block match, I guess. So that there's um, so this is halfway through the tour at this point. Bandido's coming in with a record of two wins and two losses, and Osprey has three and one at this point, yeah. I think. Yeah, because they talk about if um, Osprey loses, it's sort of puts him really up against it yeah because of the head-to-head and i think if bandido loses he's basically out of contention um so there's obviously there are higher stakes than most other block matches at this point um and like i've said the the what seems to make the junior that it's now more of a struggle for junior heavyweights to stand out because so many of their spectacular moves are being done by main eventers you know much heavier men yeah, or even not even that heavier. You know, Kenny Omega had been a junior heavyweight only a few years earlier, and he's doing things like missile drop kicks and rise of the Terminator planches and everything else. Um, and we've just had like a Donovan Dijak against Keith Lee match on this run that's barely got that many like less spectacular moves than this. That's got at least more 200 pounds of madness. So, what is I'm just trying to I, I think all this is is like. It's an amazing exhibition, but it is an exhibition, again, which is my regular criticism of some of these matches. There's not a lot of storytelling going on. It's two guys that do amazing moves doing amazing moves to each other for 18 minutes. It's, and I don't uh... think they get anything wrong. So, like I said, it's like, it's you know... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was just reviewing my notes just to try and see if I could latch on to anything that stood out for me psychology-wise, and um, I did draw a blank. There That's not to say... Of, there is a bit of limb work, I think, where someone uh, go. I can't remember who... Yeah, um, I think Bandido targets Osprey's knee for a while. Yeah. And I think there's... Um, I, I don't know if there's like a bit of early neck work, I can't remember. Hmm. Quite possibly. Um, oh, there's a surfboard stretch as well, but yeah. that's just more to show With off. With no hands stretch. as well at one stage. Yeah. They, uh, the things these guys can do, and like I love the fact that the envelopes continue to be being pushed. I really do. Um, these are I think both you're guys right. that, uh, even though they're junior heavyweights, they have a bit of bulk and size to them. Like Bandido's got an amazing physique. Yeah. Uh, Who he, knows if it's an amazing face? I mean, they do allude to it, as you yeah. say. Even though he doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't show his face, his mask is such a cool variant. You know, a, combining a Lucha Libre mask with a an Old West bandit yeah. face scarf as well. It's such a clever gimmick to have, essentially, to make you stand mm. out. Should someone call Bandido not fight a little bit dirty, or am I making it just too simplistic? Well, Bandidos can also be seen as great uh, heroes of the West, you know, Billy the Kid, and I'm sure there's lots of legendary Mexican figures of that time as well. Well, there's those songs that I can't remember. Heroes of the people, you know, like Robin Hood's of that era. Well, even in the modern day, there's uh, that genre of Mexican music where they sing tributes to drug lords now yeah although i don't think bandido's character is meant to be like a drug lord 
No, but I'm saying like uh, villains can it's be more, celebrated in pop culture. It's more like I said. It's more like a cool Robin Hood esque re- rebel, you know. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not saying he's Al Chapo or something no, like that. No. Don't worry. But I'm sure he could probably springboard out of a prison cell if required to, or anything like that. Ah, uh, that's uh, like jailbreak. If we see a stormbreak, I'm just punning for the sake of it now. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's not the last Osprey match we see. No, and... well, we're about to go on quite a run of Osprey matches coming up. Uh, 2019, I think he might have been in more five-star matches than anyone else, actually. Mm. Um, obviously, we saw him against Coach Ibushi in the last match of 2018. And it seemed like he was going to make his step up to the heavyweight division since he did win the Never Openweight title. Um, but about a week before... Uh, well, at the Madison Square Garden show, he lost that title to... Jeff Cobb, uh, who was the Ring of Honor TV champ at the time in the champ versus champ match. And then he seemed to go back, I don't want to say down, because the whole point about Osprey now is that he's trying to fight for the juniors whilst being in the heavyweight division as well. He's trying to delete the concept of down. Because, yeah. like, right after he's involved in this best of the super juniors, and a month later, he's taking part in the G1 climax as well. So we've got one... So Osprey this year has one... They only has three in a row, which we'll have coming up very soon. Five. Yeah, Will Osprey's have five five-star matches this year. Bandido has uh, two more as well. So we're going to have a lot more of Bandido to look forward to. Mm. It's it's sad in a way so because... <laughs> Because uh, we are talking about it like it's an ex- it's a da- it's a damn fire athletic display, but yeah, it does yeah. feel a bit like Iron Man one. It's just setting stuff up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they, they themselves, I think, are holding back a little bit because it is the idea with the block matches is that you can be beaten a little bit easier than you are when you go into the final itself. Yeah. Um. But obviously, because G one climax matches in the block stage has been getting five stars now, I guess. Meltzer again feels like he can because like I said a lot of the time in the past I think Meltzer needed the match itself to be significant to be a five star match and now the significance required is not there as much anymore you know what I mean? The dial's broke. Like the stakes have to be higher The chains are off Yeah. for Big Dave Um, quite possibly I mean maybe he just doesn't value, no no value is the wrong word, he doesn't associate so much importance uh, against significance, maybe he still thinks it he is used important. To, though. It... Like you look at all the Kawada Misawa, any like any of the Misawa matches, they're usually either for the Triple Crown or they're the Champions Carnival or they're the Real World Tag the Team Finals League. or they're for the yeah. Tag Team Titles. And then occasionally there's the odd three uh, six man tag match that is you know independent of itself. Just there, yeah, yeah, but not really just there, but you know. Comparatively, in yeah. the championship sense. Yeah, but even then, they're made more significant than like a, th- a six-man tag will ever be in a New Japan ring. And I include matches for the never openweight six-man tag titles. Uh, Sai, I've just lost your mind. Oh, okay, you were coughing, that's why. Pulling the curtain uh, across, aren't we, really? Uh, um... But yeah, it's just really cool moves and reversals throughout this match, and like and it's to show how far their physic like they do the reverse monkey flip spot, but it's the whole thing is look how high Will Osprey one of them leaps from it, you know. What do you make of Bandido's finisher? 
I think it's a really cool finisher. It's contrived as hell. You know, you think that the Rey Mysterio being set up for the 619, at the very least, he can do the setup move for that, which is him drop toe holding them into the second rope. This, oh, you can even do a drop kick to knee. You've got yeah, a little bit of variance. This specifically requires someone to be leaning against the top rope and standing there long enough for Bandido to do what is a very cool visual move, which is him going into the waist lock, like sort of somersaulting over it, bouncing off the top rope, landing back on his feet and then turning into a German. And also importantly, they don't hit it because like I said, it's at this stage, you hit your finisher, you win the match. It's not. It's only in the finals that you, or maybe the block finals that you'll be able to do that. Instead, Will Ospreay does a back somersault out of it and lands on his knees. And Bandido, you know, even with the, the limitations of a mask, he's able to get across his incredulity that Ospreay's been able to do such a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's... I think that's one of the great things about having that Wild West-style mask is because the art... There's more of the face on show. It does help expressiveness. I don't know if I would agree with that. A lot of those Mexican masks have, have eye holes in them of the same sort of size. I think that's giving... You should, you should more be giving credit to his physical performance, you know? I am. No, don't get me wrong. But I, I just think... Um, compared to some of the masks I've, I've seen... Not all of them, but some of the ones I've seen, this mm. does give him more scope to... Well, yeah, it's not a Sin Cara mask. To uh, what's the word like that? As Tyra Banks say, says, smise, a right. smile with his eyes. Uh, just thought I'd yeah. sniff in America's top model reference there. But yeah, like I said, just as as athletes, like when a Bandido does a, a shooting star plancher into on the outside, the distance he covers from that is just incredible. I'm not sure how humans can do that. <laughs> it does seem like that. These guys are pushing what we thought people could do in a wrestling match further than anyone has before. Like, they're, they're doing what Rey Mysterio and Psychosis were doing in the mid-90s. Yeah. With these moves and these sequences. There's a speed, there's an accuracy. Um, there's, like you say, push... Like, like things like Will Ospreay's spin kick 360. The speed that he's able to do with the snap and the precision of it as well. Like, it... it you, you don't know that gymnastics, like Olympic gymnasts, can do it much better. Yeah. And they'd obviously have to, like, practice, have the situational awareness. Like, um, even, it, it, you know, if they were doing it in a match, even if they were doing it cold, mm. you'd struggle. Um, and obviously, you just look at, I think, when you go back to your point about how these, these guys are pushing limits, if you look to the hype around the Will Ospreay Ricochet stuff they were doing prior to Ricochet joining uh, WWE, I think that really encapsulated the internet in terms of like, holy crap, these speedsters are phenomenal. Yeah. He's still doing it in Japan, don't get me wrong. He is, as, as you say, he got the most five-star matches this year, and a lot of people do pay attention to what Dave Meltzer says. But I just remember the hype being higher for the Osprey Ricochet stuff, quite possibly because the backlash against it was so strong, yeah, which yeah. created a well, storm in of itself. There's no sequence within this that looks like a choreographed dance move. Yeah. you know, I will say that of this, it feels more like a fight. And not just because they do the classic chop exchanges and everything like that. And like I think Will Ospreay is trying to add more um, storytelling and psychology to maybe try to start to temper down some of the crazier risks. Like there's no, I don't think there's a spot here similar to 
him doing like the Spanish fly on the apron and clipping his head like he did against Francis oh. or anything like that. Oh, and I think that just... is because they what they have more expectations of him. And I can imagine them saying, "Look, start to tone it down." Like you know, a Wrestle Kingdom, he introduces his uh, I can't remember what he's called it, like the Hidden Blade or something, which is a spinning back elbow strike as a finishing move, and that's a perfect one for the the heavyweight division. Sure, that's quite similar to the Judas effect, the way you describe that. Well, it is basically the Judas effect, but it's to the opponents kneeling down and they've got their backs to him. Oh, okay. So there's enough of a difference yeah. then. I mean, he does do and, a Spanish and... fly in this match, you know, but... Um... Right, it's 2019. Yeah. Like, anyone who well, can yeah. do it. Of course, we it. do have a reverse runner in this match. It does need to be stated. <laughs> Um, but I just made it like at one point I did a, a Rana's reversed into a roll up and just my other note after that was just super fast like this is going at a pace you know you wonder is that is it possible there there must be another gear from this I guess that someone's going to hit in 20 years time but right now this is state of the art as far as just moves yeah like I said it's a special effects show reel of a match essentially and a very well, entertaining is... one well this is the point I um I think I've made before in terms of as what we know about the human body improves, um, athletes as a result will improve. I don't know if it's that we know more. It's just that a mark is set, a marker is set, and then someone needs to surpass it. I don't know about that. I think that um, well, look, look, natural, you know, natural improvements, natural improvements in sports side, natural improvements in nutrition, yeah, uh, natural improvements in technology and the ability to recover from yeah, injuries but, will allow people to go faster, recover better, and therefore sustain it for longer. But my point is that someone didn't, you know, you didn't go from like the the world record for the hundred meters didn't go from like ten seconds, ten point one seconds to nine point eight. It went like 10.05, 10, 9.95, 9.9, you know. And so that's what we're doing. Like, this, this, you couldn't have got this match from watching bloody, I don't know, um, Danny Hodge Jr. heavyweight wrestling. You know, there needed to be the steps in that along the way. There needs to be the Tiger Mask, and from Tiger Mask, there needs to be the the Rey Mysterios, and from the Rey Mysterios, there needs to be um, the, yeah, the, the, the oh yeah, the no, no, no. And from the Kotrabushis, you're now getting the Will Ospreys and the Bandidos. Yeah, no, it's not going to be a rapid acceleration. No, I completely agree with you, but it's to, well. well, what, well so, what I'm saying, well, basically, what I'm saying is this match sets a marker that not many yeah. people can match. It's going to be interesting but to see how it's be, going to be. There are, like there was a young Will Osprey watching all this stuff, all this Lucha Libre stuff. What you know along the lines of bandido and thinking how can i do something more there's someone watching these matches right now who's like 10 11 12 saying how can i do more and i'm sure we'll look forward to discussing that person <laughs> achieving their dreams oh, whilst we're in our 40s or so at that point <laughs> and saying i wouldn't quite give it five stars maybe <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't quite give this match five stars personally, as it ends with a. Although it does, there's a great way that Osprey brings a variant of his Stormbreaker finisher. I couldn't even quite. I can't even quite remember how he did it, but he did it at some point. It's a very sudden yeah. hitting up move. Like yeah. it, it doesn't go into a finishing straight. That I'm yeah, used yeah, that's to true. There match. isn't a long build up of like loads of kickouts. 
Like the last kick out before then, I just put down as like a two point five. It wasn't even like a edge of your seat like our recent Johnny Gargano Adam Cole match. You know, another reason why I'm saying I think Meltzer is diluting the specialness of a match. I don't think these guys were wrestling this match thinking let's put on a Meltzer five star all timer. They were just like let's have a really cool exhibition. You do your best moves, I'll do my best moves, and you know. We'll let's make it crowd. so we both look good coming out but let's not kill ourselves because we've got a bit more of this tour to go which is almost always the point of a tournament match in japan it seems is to like but there are some crescendo. yeah there, obviously there are your shock your quick wins and like what have you mm. but by and large the format is to make everyone look good even if they don't always win yeah that... yeah oh yeah bandido will very pop bandido will be one of the hottest things in wrestling in in two or in a year, couple of years time right now he's tied down to ring of honor but that ain't gonna take much longer i'm sure <laughs> be out of there before he can you know especially since there's weird stuff going on with dragon lee as well i could see new japan having him be one of their top junior heavyweights if he wanted to go there or if he wanted to go to aew they'd snap him up immediately if he wanted to go to wwe would snap talent. him up immediately yeah <clears throat> i do although, think although would they take the mask off i wonder if, if he's as handsome as they say he is, they probably would. They are crying out for that Mexican superstar, aren't they? Well, I think they're getting, you know. But, uh, you know, that's pretty harsh to Andrade. And Hector, and uh, what's his new name? And Angel Garza, is that his name? Angel Garza, yeah. He's down in NXT. That's a slow build, build yeah. hopefully. And maybe that will be the one. But And we've got Dominic Mysterio, if that's what they're going to call him. I don't know. With his 619s. Um, I believe... Uh, Ray has trademarked Prince Mysterio. Ah. So What's that Prince makes... in Spanish? Because um, Ray is Reyes. Ray is king. Ray is king. Well, Ray, Ray Mysterio means King of Mystery. Yeah. So Prince of Mystery would work. Yeah. Um, you'd probably have it as Prince Mysterio and not thing because maybe it doesn't translate as smoothly mm. uh, from Spanish to English because Ray is also like a first name, isn't it? So. Mm. But you know, not not a cool one, but. Yeah, but uh, are you giving this five stars, Simon? Uh, I'm not, but I am very appreciative of the athletic display they put on. And if there was, if if there was more psychology infused within it, I probably would. Like yeah. that is the that is the key component missing. But it is a it, as I say, psychology is a key component in wrestling. So yeah. if if King Mystery is uh, Rey Mysterio. Prince Mystery is Mysterio del Principe. So they probably yeah, go with Prince, Prince Mysterio. Ah, <laughs> oh, goddammit, I'm not having two syllables. <laughs> Most people don't get two names, you're not having three. Del's not that, not the actual name. Principe? That's too close to Prissy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, so, like I said, they're building up to a crescendo, and that crescendo will come in a couple of episodes' time. But during the period of this tour, there are two more five-star matches to cover before we get to the end of the Best of the Super Juniors. And the next one is our big match coming up. And, Simon, it is a debuting promotion for this podcast. What are we doing for our next five-star match? Oh, we are going to a hot new thing. If this was a character in Zoolander, this would be Hansel because it's so hot right now. We're going to AEW and we're going to see um, a debutante 
on the list in Cody Rhodes, known simply as Cody uh, in this due to copyright reasons, taking on a man who may, the length of time he's been away, it may as well be a bloody debut, but it didn't. Uh, the man with the longest gap between five-star matches. I think you, uh, as our resident Stato, have the uh, I have the number to hand, hopefully. Or not, to, not to hand immediately, but what I can tell you is that the last time the other participant in this match was in a five-star match, Bandido and Will Ospreay weren't born. And that man is... Dustin Rhodes, the natural Dustin Rhodes, he's referred to in this. We're at AEW, we're all out, is that right? Is it all out, or...? It's double or nothing. Double or nothing, sorry. And it is Brothers Colliding, and it's a hell of a, an important match to talk about. And the 125th match that Dave Meltzer gave five stars to. Mm. But if you want to go and to... oh, sorry, go I will say... Uh, I will say this in the episode as well, uh, because why not? But one of my favourite pre-match video packages mm. of the last five years. Not not the best, but one of my favourite. Well, we can talk about that more in our next episode, Simon. But if people want to get in touch with you with their pre-match packages that they like, or if, you, or if they want to give you advice on maybe editing a pre-podcast uh, package you could want to do. Uh, how can uh, they get they, in touch with you uh, they could get in touch with me on twitter where i'm known as simon cross free free for the uh months it would take me to read and semi understand video editing for dummies <laughs> my name is lorcan mullen that's l-o-r-c-a-n-m-u-l-l-a for the alamo n for buenos noches that's my twitter account facebook instagram Letterbox, if you put that gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod, lmtyspod at gmail.com is our email address. lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. Uh, but there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's Lorca Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. Gemini, you're his majesty. Dread is little.